Isaac Hirsch, welcome Hello. to Forced Opinions. Thank you for having me, Tom. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for you to be here too. It's uh it's taken a while for me to ask, but <laughs> Sorry, getting, I just got a work email. <laughs> you're getting emails for better podcasts already. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're taking time from your busy schedule. <laughs> <laughs> but uh how have you been, dude? I'm, we haven't really talked, talked. Yeah, I I uh I've been working from home for the past uh almost a year, I guess. Uh I've really grown to hate this place, my home. Uh it's <laughs> so bad. We're we're actually we're full disclosure, we're about to me and Tom are about to shoot a thing at my house. And the whole premise of the thing is just that my house is bad. It looks like an apocalyptically bad place to live. And that's the whole premise of the thing that we're shooting. And it wouldn't work if my house even looked halfway decent but because of how bad my house looks we think it'll be very funny yeah i'm surrounded by cobwebs right now uh there's a smoke detector that's fallen off the wall above me it's just it's a really bad house (laughs) well and then you so you pay rent for this i do pay i mean look it's uh, by los angeles standards the rent i pay is insane i pay 500 dollars a month our friend Nick, who lives in the room across from me or adjacent to me, and you can hear him. <laughs> He's emailing you. Don't talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can probably hear me right now. Uh, he plays four fifty a month. You know, it's like it's by LA. When I moved into this house, I paid three hundred a month to live in the foyer, the entryway of the house, uh, where my bed just like <laughs> you'd walk into the house. My bed was just there. <laughs> I paid three hundred a month for like six months to live in just like this fucking, and it was way worse then. But yeah, I, I it's by LA standards, you can't find cheaper rent than this. But also, like the house is just about to fall over. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, the line between uh, how cheap it is versus how livable it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Hey, I mean, I, when I first moved balls. in, when I first moved in, there were like, it was seven people lived here. There was a guy who lived in the kitchen. Uh, <laughs> but they were. Um, they were many- very, they were fun guys. They were like comedians that I liked, and it was like fun to live here. And, you know, it's sort of like it, it blinded me to the reality of just like how bad the house is. But now I'm forced to spend all of my time here. <laughs> Most of the people that I, that I liked who lived here have left uh, and been replaced <laughs> by other people who are fine, but not those first people. Uh, and so it no longer do I enjoy living here at all. And I cannot wait to leave, which I will in three months. <laughs> all right. Wait, wait, wait. So what's. What's the bed bath situation? There are two bathrooms. Um, One is a very small hall bathroom and the other is pretty large uh, in the main area of the house. So one shower. Two showers. Oh, Uh, oh, okay. One is a shower on, or actually I said two tubs even. Yeah. But uh, yeah, one's just really small. And then the other one is just very dirty. And no matter how much we clean it, it just gets extremely dirty again, very quickly. <laughs> it's just it's the main, the big one's just very gross. And then bedroom wise, I don't know how many actual bedrooms there are in the house. Like how many are, how many rooms in this house are meant to be bedrooms? Like a legal say, bedroom. Yeah. I would say probably it's maybe a, a two bedroom house. I think <laughs> I would think 
maybe my room is meant to be a bedroom, even though it's pretty small. And then there's like a mat. There's clearly what's a master bedroom in the back. And the, ironically, that's the, the, the most expensive room in the house. And the guy who pays for that does not live here. We don't know what he's intending to do with the room. He's like, he moved in, he moved in two months ago and has not done anything with it as he shows up like maybe once every three weeks just to like paint it or whatever. But we don't know what's going on. It's cool. It's one less person to be here. That's, that's nice. But yeah. And then there's a converted garage. There's a basement <laughs> that someone lives in. Wait, can uh, we go back a second? Yes. Hearing about this guy, my first thought was spy. <laughs> no, he's just the only person who lives here who has his life so together that he does not need to live here. He probably lives somewhere else and it's just like, oh yeah, I could pay $600 a month for a room in the middle of Los Angeles that I can, an address. I can eventually renovate or whatever. Yeah, I guess it's just like a second base of operations, but God forbid that he would want to live here. And I totally understand why he would not want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. All right. So now into the garage. The garage, yeah. It's a converted garage. Uh, it's the, the second most spacious room in the house beyond that master bed. Actually, it may be the most spacious room, but it's also very cold during the winter because there's no insulation or anything. Sure. It's a garage. <laughs> it also gets very hot in the summer as well. Uh, so that's it's still, it's still the second most expensive room in the house because it's of the size. Then there's a basement, which is also pretty big. Someone lives there. But the trade-off is that it's about five foot ten tall, so you have to like, assuming you're an average height, you have to like duck when you're in there, and there are like beams that go down to probably like five six, where you have to definitely <laughs> duck under those. The guy who lives in it is like five ten or five eleven, so like he can't ever stand up in his room. Uh, but for that privilege, he pays four hundred dollars a month. So, <laughs> oh man, I mean, damn, I have regular ceilings and I have bad posture. I have no excuse. Dude, I, I can't. I mean, I'm sure he's lived there for a while now, so I'm sure he's adjusted to it. But like every time I visit him, I'm just constantly fucking smacking my head on shit. Just like standing up from his couch <laughs> and just like fucking braining myself on the ceiling. I don't understand how he fucking doesn't get out of bed every day and just like give himself a concussion. Yeah, like that's that's so frustrating. Like that's that's one of those like tiny little things that like seems okay like you can work around it but just eats at you every day oh god yeah i i mean it's it's also like his room there is a door it is a door but it's not like a real door (laughs) it's like a very thin door and like he's like in the basement area there's like it's like there's just a walkway there and he says like sometimes he'll open his door and there's a skunk that lives around our house that'll just like be standing in front of his door and he just like can't leave no (laughs) (laughs) no I don't like that Uh, yeah we gotta get you out of there but you I'm I'm moving out I'm moving out for sure June 1st there's there's that that is uh, set set in stone stone. I'm looking for a real apartment to live in with my girlfriend. It's the first time ever I've ever looked for a, an actual place to live in earnest. Prior to this, love that. Yeah, yeah, prior to this, my roommates had just found the place for me, and I was like, "Great, sure, whatever you say." <laughs> I just would go like we, when we first moved to LA. It was me, Nick, and another guy named Tim, and Tim was just like, "We're moving to South Central." I was just like. Whatever, I don't want to look for a place, so sure. <laughs> and then he's like, we're moving to Burbank. I'm like, sure, fine, whatever. And then when I got kicked out of the house in Burbank, I was like, I got to find a place to live. And I like looked very briefly. And I was just like, 
wow, everything's so expensive. And then these guys were like, hey, you can pay $300 to live in our foyer, I guess. And I was like, sure, that sounds great. I can't think of any potential complications with that. Let's do it. I, moved, I remember the day I moved in, Nick helped me move. And there was nobody, there was one guy home who's just like, who are you? I'm like, oh, I'm moving in. He's like, oh, okay, where? I was like, in the living room, like the entryway. He's like, Oh, sick. Okay, cool. <laughs> and that was, and no one even knew, half the people didn't even know I was moving into the house. Oh, and wasn't even frustrated or confused. He didn't or care. Nothing. He was like, well, his rent was going down, so he was stoked about that, you know? Sure, sure. Oh, man. I once, in Queens, we we were in like a transition period where you you ever have it where like, the the new roommate moves in, mm-hmm. but the other one can't move out yet. So there's just no, like I've a never month had that. That overlap. sounds so awkward. What do you do? It's a little weird, but I once had that in Queens, and it was a two bedroom, but uh, two people shared the big master bedroom, mm-hmm. and uh, then I had like a tiny little room, but we had. Uh, two people in our living room, two people in the master, me, and I think there was one person who just like hopped around, like just rotated. <laughs> <laughs> so like I shared a bed one night and then the other person and just like, yeah, hopped around. We had one tiny bathroom. Oh man. The, yeah. The it, things well, you then, fucking do to live in a major city. Right. I I remember I visited San Fran once and I stayed in this place called Sylvan House, which is like like an artist house somewhere in the middle of San Francisco. And I don't know how many people live there. At least like 12, <laughs> at least 12 people sharing this house, maybe more because there I certainly saw at like over my three nights there. I certainly saw at least like 30 people in the house. Who knows how many actually lived there or were visiting or what? I just slept I on like one that. of like eight dingy <laughs> couches they had across the house. One thing though that I kind of love about you is that everywhere you seem to live, uh, the house always has like a legendary name. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's the blank house. Yeah, this this place, I believe that the name of this place is technically Pacquiao Palace because of an opossum named Pacquiao that like lived on our roof for a long time. I've never seen Pacquiao. This is before my time, but it, it's the name has stuck. <laughs> did you name did you name the basement skunk? No, I we want him. We want I think it's a her. We want her to leave. Yeah, she's not well behaved. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, how do you? She's not. She's not your friendly kind of skunk. She's like an angry kind of skunk. Yeah, there's too many copies of your keys out there, dude. Oh, dude! It's since the mail situation in this house is insane. I would say. Well, I mean, okay. One, we don't. Our mailbox is so covered with like leaves and shit, or like overgrowth that like the post office now when. They either don't deliver our mail or they just throw it on our driveway. <laughs> so if you, if you come here, there's just going to be like mail that was on our driveway and then it rains. So and it's just like kind of fucking stuck to the driveway and like pulpy Holy and shit. shit. Uh, but when we do get mail, it's like 90% per, percent for people who don't live here anymore. Like people who haven't lived here for years and just like they're the kind, the kinds of people who lived here are the kinds of people who like 
either don't want to receive their mail because it's all like creditors coming after them right. or are just too lazy to ever change their address. Yeah. You know, I, over the pandemic, like I, I really wouldn't get a lot of other people's mail just every once in a while. But during the pandemic, everyone's filing for unemployment. Mm. And so we've gotten unlimited letters for random people to our address for unemployment. So I don't know if it's one of those like scam things or all these people just, <laughs> they never updated their address and now they can't get unemployment. Some of it seems important. It's crazy. Like we, I remember I woke up one morning, I was working from home and I, I someone knocked on the door and I answered the door and she's like, is Ramsey Badawi here? And I was like, no, he hasn't lived here for like two years. She's like, oh, well, this is a, I, I'm trying to serve him. I have, I have a side, like a course on Instagram. I'm like, I have no idea where he lives. I'm sorry. You're going to have to, she goes, I have his phone number. I'll track him down. I'm like, okay, sure. Whatever. And I had to like message that guy. Like, Hey, lady was here trying to like serve you papers. <laughs> so you should just be on the lookout for that, I guess. <laughs> Shit. Have you ever been served? No, no. I can't say I've been in any trouble with the law at all. The the concept of getting served terrifies me. Yeah, it could happen at any time. And you're like, you obviously don't expect it. And you like answer right. the door and it's just like a nice looking lady. And she's just like, boom, bitch, you're, right. you have to go to court now. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, like that someone would ask you your name, like, oh, maybe I lost my wallet and this person's nice enough to mm -hmm. find me. Oh, okay, great. Yes, I am me. It's like, hi, yeah. you're going to court, idiot. Ugh. Yeah, does that, if you if you say I'm not that person, can they not serve you? I don't, I have no idea how it works. I think they have to like actually hand it to you and you have to grab it. But if you never are in possession of it, you don't have to deal with it. If you just like imagine like a situation where they're like, they're like chasing you, like playing tag essentially, just trying to get you to touch it. That can't be how the law works. Law has it's to be like scooby doo doors. <laughs> just running back and forth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is based very loosely off of like the cartoonish movie rules of law. Yes. I remember there was, there was a famous news story a while ago about a lady who was like in a police chase and for like a good 20 minutes. And then she like got home and parked in her driveway and like assumed that they couldn't arrest her because she was home safe. That like her home, like, like it was like Grand Theft Auto. Once you got home, like the police chase just ends. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So basically, she just pulled over in a convenient spot. No, she just she went. She pulled into her driveway and was just like, "All right, there we go." And then the police are like, "Okay, well, we're going to arrest you now." She's like, "You can't. I'm at home." <laughs> 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 this is a private property. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You you have to get out of here. Do you have a warrant? I think that's how the law works. I have no idea. What if she got inside of her house and I then think they knocked I, on the door? I think maybe. I assume that's what probable cause is, right? That like you don't need a warrant at that point because you've witnessed them committing a crime, and then if they, they were already chasing her. I guess. Yeah, they led you back <laughs> back to their house. So at that point, it's not like the crime counter resets. They still saw you do a crime. They saw it, and the sirens were on, and they followed yeah. you there, and you evaded yeah. them. 
Yeah, I, th- I think, I don't understand how the police work, but I assume that's enough for them to, also, like, the police don't need those. They'll do it anyway. Right. They just say, oh, I thought I smelled weed. Yes, the classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. But loopholes? Oh. It's a I, good loophole. You got you you gotta love a good loophole, but they don't seem to exist with the cops. Basically, every legal advice thing is always just like, do not talk to the police. Yeah, yeah, they they have you. Basically, once they talk to you, you're fucked. So just say nothing the entire time. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it sucks, but it's really funny to me that, like, we have the police. We have them out here. We've hired them. They're to protect and serve, but the one thing we can't do is talk to them. <laughs> well, not, I mean, they're not here to protect and serve us. No. If I'm you're talking to the police, they're not, the police aren't for you. They're for somebody else. Oh, like I, even innocently, if I'm out and about and then there's a cop out and about, it's like, like you ever go back home and just suburbs town and there's just a cop in a bulletproof vest and you're like here <laughs> yeah dude i mean yeah. like especially like, like, I'm I, grew up, like this, now. I grew up in the suburbs of maryland like i'm sure my i'm sure my county police department had like a tank it's like why <laughs> yeah 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 this is not this is not an area where you would need a tank no no not no. at all and <sighs> Yeah, there's no I, reason. I, I was at a subway once and I was in line and there were like two cops, two LAPD cops behind me getting sandwiches. And then I was getting like, I guess like a promotional sandwich at subway, like a pastrami or something. And the cop points at the sandwich. Goes, Is that yours? I went, no, I'm holding it for someone else. And he did not think it was funny at all. But I'd be like, yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that cop sucks. Yeah, I, I, come on, man! You can't you, you don't you don't enjoy a little pot humor or drug humor? No, probably not. I guess. Yeah, like just you're just trying to lighten his day a little. Yeah, cops have no sense of my my friend growing up. His dad was a cop, and I remember he was like the most humorless man I'd ever met. Just like <laughs> you, the guy, the guy hated me for one. He's like, why is my son hanging out with like the weakest child I've ever seen? He should be hanging out with big, strong children. Uh, but yeah, I just, I couldn't, that guy never saw any sort of joy or mirth from that man at all. <laughs> you know, uh, all right. One of my coolest cop experiences, but it was also the scariest mm-hmm. was, uh, I forget why I was there, but I was a teenager <laughs> and I was at some party with mostly adults and like there's other people my age, you know, whatever. There's a whole range. People were drinking heavily. And <laughs> this cop, he just like does the like countertop smash a beer open sort of thing oh. and hands it to me. He's just like, come on, we're celebrating. And I was like, we all know this dude's a cop. Like, what do I do? I can't just say no. But if I say yes, will he fuck me over? It was terrifying situation. So what, did you, what did you do? I took it. It was fine. It was fine. Okay. But man, 
like, could he get me in trouble for that? Even though he gave it to me? <laughs> I assume so. I mean, the cop, would, the cop would be like, I was, I was testing to see if the young man would break the law and drink. And he did. Even though that seems like classic entrapment. Classic. Classic entrapment. Classic. You know, man, I'm hungry for a real good loophole. Like, <laughs> when's a good loophole coming our way? We 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 need we need some we just need like one cheat code for the police where it's like actually if you if you say hacker man to a cop that pulls you over he has to turn around and and go go away <laughs> if you do it's, up it's, down it's up code. down triangle yeah. left right <laughs> circle 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 <laughs> exactly <laughs> you have you have cool. there's a way to reset your wanted level to zero if you just if you say hacker man in your car to a police officer they have to leave you alone <laughs> you text it <laughs> <laughs> you text 911 hacker man they go all right it's like you reset the count it's like, okay, guys, he's cool. Just back off for like a minute. Um, but just a general loophole, a life loophole. The rich people get loopholes. Oh, yeah. So just like give us one, one good one. I'm trying to think what that would be. I mean, I, what, what is a loophole? What is a loophole I would take advantage of on a, on a, in my life that could really work? Yeah, what is a loophole that you would take advantage of? There's got to be a, a way to get free money. That's good. that'd be a good loophole—a way to get money somehow. You're speaking my damn language, dude. I, you know, I've been researching this. I've been trying to find out. Like, <laughs> there are a lot of people who say they found a way to get for basically free money, and all of them are lying. It's it's almost yeah. as if there's no way to get free money. You know, that reminds me. All these fucking Wall Street bets, cryptocurrency dudes. Mm-hmm. What sucks the most about them is. 99.999% of the time they are wrong. Oh yeah. For they sure. are talking out of their ass and they're like, it's going to pump tomorrow. You keep an eye on this, buy this now. And it's like, dude, all this is made up. It means nothing. Like. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very interesting. Cause like it's, it, I've never seen something as like, with Dogecoin, for example, when Dogecoin was like a big thing uh, mm-hmm. two weeks ago or whatever, it was like a thing people were getting into. And everyone, like all these fucking idiot comedians I knew were like tweeting like, hey man, buy Dogecoin and we'll go to the moon. I'm like, no, this is just, it's like such a transparent thing where it's like you bought Dogecoin and now you're right. desperately trying to get other, it's it's basically a pyramid scheme. You're trying to get other people to buy it so that the value of what yeah. you buy is will go up and then someone will get left holding the bag and you're hoping it's not you. Yeah. That's all it is. That, but then also it's, we're lucky we have a, a Wall Street alternative, so we can't get in trouble for market manipulation. (laughs) Yeah, certainly. (laughs) And look, I'm not one to talk. I actually made a fair amount of money off cryptocurrency. You know what I did? In January 2018, I spent $1,000 on a bunch of various cryptocurrencies. Some of them my friend Dan, who is a former heroin addict, told me to buy. And then some of them, my roommate, Tim, who is an inveterate investor, chaser of money things, told me to buy. All but one of those cryptocurrencies are now worthless. They're complete. They are not worth anything. One of them went up 30 times in value (laughs) (laughs) to the point that I profited about $5,000 off the whole $1,000 investment just from this one cryptocurrency I spent like $150 on. That's great. That's great. But 
did I understand what I was investing in? Have I learned anything? Absolutely not. I know nothing about cryptocurrency to this day. I don't understand it. I don't really get it. I think if I, if I, uh, invested more money in cryptocurrency at this point, it would be putting good money after bad. Uh (laughs) Even though I made money off it initially, I I don't see any reason for me to dip my toe in it any further. Dude, I, my biggest problem for myself with crypto is that (laughs) I always sell a month before it pops. (laughs) And at any level, but then also when it's at its bottom, I'm just saying, yeah, it's fucking dead. Mm-hmm. So like, dude, I remember one, I almost met up with strangers <laughs> like eight years ago and paid them cash to get Bitcoin because there was no apps available to do uh-huh. it. You had to like build your wallet on your computer and do all this shit. Mm-hmm. Had I gone through with that, <laughs> would have been yes. cool. There are a lot of regrets out there. I spoke to a guy. I remember I was playing Call of Duty with some guy, and I was just randomly talking about crypto with my friend. He was like on our team. He was just like, yeah, man, I used a lot of Bitcoin to buy drugs in 2010. Yeah. I really wish I hadn't done that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be a millionaire now. I really, I really regret doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, like Dogecoin, I had mm-hmm. like... 98,000 doge sold it all because I was like, this is fucking bullshit. And then, <laughs> then this little did happens. you know that yeah. Elon Musk would tweet about it a couple times and inflate its value enormously. You, I don't understand what, what these people value in him saying anything. I, I, it's so, it's so funny that like Elon Musk is literally just how it is like a transparent example of how rich people get richer. Cause Elon Musk can buy any random cryptocurrency he wants yes. tweet about it once and then immediately double the value of what he's purchased. Yeah. And sell. And then it will super crash because he puts so much money in there. Mm-hmm. And he can do that at any time if he wanted more money, which he doesn't need or have any use for. I mean, Yeah. But he's a genius. You have to understand that he's a genius inventor and we should not. He is the things he's doing for America right now. He's 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 the first visionary man to go. What if there was a tunnel, but smaller that single cars can go through single file and it will cost billions of dollars to make. (laughs) Yeah, like. Dude's not a genius. He's just a fucking weirdo that. Just goes all in on something. He is the Andrew Yang of technology because Andrew Yang, <laughs> Andrew Yang, his whole political platform was just like, I have a position on everything. Like, if you looked at Andrew Yang's campaign website in 2020, he had like positions on like trans athletes, he had positions on like fucking bag taxes like literally his whole campaign it was just you could scroll forever and he had like just platforms and positions on every issue even things that weren't issues he just had like ideas where he's like i think stoplights should have four colors he just had like random (laughs) ideas throughout his entire website elon musk is that for technology where he just has random ideas constantly he's just like i'm gonna make a company for that and then like 90 percent of them suck they don't work at all (laughs) yeah but everyone's just like damn that guy is a tech genius yeah, with him, 
what I'll say is that the best thing that he has ever done is shown that there is consumer demand for renewable energy when it comes That's to good. cars. That's good. the best thing he's ever done. And but he's not a noteworthy figure for anything else. Tesla isn't even like the market leader in electric cars. <laughs> they're no. not. They're no. a, they're a luxury brand, which is great. But you know, there it's people act like he's like single handedly like eliminating fossil fuels. I'm like, he's not even the electric car guy. Like there right. are other companies that make more electric cars and sell more electric cars. Yeah, yeah. He just made it cool. He made it cool. Good. But, I don't know why he doesn't seem like a cool guy. <laughs> No, it's it's very weird to me that he is a cool. He's he's just literally like a fucking Tumblr poster who somehow got a billion dollars. <laughs> he's like, "LOL, Doge, so random." And I was like, "Damn, this guy is a genius." This billionaire is basically my friend. He's like me. He's just like me. That's what I'd be like if I was a billionaire. I'd be tweeting a lot. Yeah, dude. If I was a billionaire, man, I'd go silent. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't want anyone to know I have a billion dollars. You're just asking for it. Like, I already know what I would need to do if I won the lottery to hide Mm -hmm. it that no one would know it was me. You form an LLC. You form a trust or an LLC that claims the prize for you, and that way no one knows your name, and then you make very few adjustments to your life. Can I tell you, I have bookmarked the right (laughs) lawyers to call before I even hand in the ticket. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't you and I are on the same week. page on this. <laughs> we we have contingency plans for something that will never ever happen. Yeah. Cause I need it figured out. <laughs> and it's fun to think about. I have I have spent far more time preparing to win the lottery than I have preparing for the enormous earthquake that will certainly hit Los Angeles <laughs> in the next decade. Yeah, I ooh. Yeah, I've definitely I'm on the same page. <laughs> But I know what I'm going to do if I win. I, it's, so, it's so funny because it's also like, on the one hand, I'm a person who's like, I am morally opposed to having a billion dollars. I don't think I could ever have a billion dollars. But then I feel like if I had a billion dollars, I'd be like, man, it's fucking tight having a billion dollars. Of I can, course. I can see why people don't get rid of their billion dollars. It's a lot of money. It feels pretty tight, I bet. There is no one on this earth who wouldn't love to just have a billion dollars. You do whatever you want with it, but like give it all away. Who cares? But you had a billion to do that with. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna give most of mine away. And then I I think my my I don't know if, if my girlfriend is half of it away. Like it would yeah. you would still have more money than you'd ever know what to do with. Yeah. I uh, I don't know if my girlfriend's on board with this, but I would just live in a slightly better place than I currently live. <laughs> As a bad, I wouldn't want anyone to catch on to me, so I just live in like a two bedroom apartment. You're like uh, seven hundred dollars a month? Are you kidding me? I'd go, I'd go up to like a thousand a month. I'd split it with my girlfriend. It's fifty fifty. Yeah, that's not hard to do in the city. Yeah. Actually, it's harder to do in the city. <laughs> like finding something low enough. That you could split and still pay a thousand dollars is. Uh, we're we're gonna do it. I mean, we're not gonna be in LA. We're we're going to like the oh. valley. Oh, okay, okay. We're going to like Burbank, Pasadena, but we're like we're gonna we can find a pretty good one bedroom for like sixteen hundred. Probably, Dude, 
I I realized within the last year that the ultimate rent cheat code is move in with a significant other mm-hmm. to a one bedroom, split it. You'll live in a nicer area, a nicer place, and you'll end up paying less than you would have. Well, not not in this place, but in most in most cases, yes. <laughs> but even if you paid this, yeah, it's 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 the ultimate cheat code. Yeah, she makes more money than I do too. So it's it's like she's been talking about like us splitting at 60 40, which feels demeaning and I don't want to do. But at the same time, if if, if we go to the top of our budget and it's like eighteen hundred dollars, she wants to split it like fifty five forty five, I'd be like, Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Honestly, no, because you know my my whole stance on it is, if it's a partnership, you're on a team, you guys are looking out for each other, and you know, it's kind of like doesn't really matter where it comes from. Yeah. It helps you both. Uh, my counter argument to this is that even though she makes more money, I save more money. I have way more money in the bank because I live in squalor, and I have for years. <laughs> <laughs> well you know maybe that's a great combo with my thriftiness and her normalcy hopefully together we can make one financially responsible adult <laughs> the power individual yeah exactly the, the one, power couple person <laughs> one the, the regular spending of one person together with us <laughs> with, with two people <laughs> <laughs> she, she's gonna she's she's in for a rude awakening she's gonna be like you don't buy food you don't buy you don't eat <laughs> like yeah why do you think i look like this i don't eat <laughs> it's a, it's a life hack it's a cheat code you save money if you don't if you eat one meal a day and that meal is bread <laughs> yeah i was i was laughing the other day about how like you know how dudes will be like yeah girlfriends are expensive but it's really just like guys just don't do shit ever. And then they get a girlfriend. So then they just start doing things. Mm-hmm. Doing things is expensive. Yeah. They're just doing things. It's not the girlfriend. It's just you You put life on pause. Oh my God. I remember I went to a bar uh, like for a friend's birthday party. And it's like the first time I'd like ever gotten I go to bars for comedy all the time, but never to like drink or to exist or like hang out. I got like two (laughs) drinks and I was just like, how do people do this every weekend? You're out of your goddamn mind to spend $50 on a a few drinks at a bar. Who are you people? (laughs) Everyone. Everyone does it. I can't believe it. Everyone does it. I'm so glad I drew. I grew up in a house where my parents stressed the value of not doing anything at all. <laughs> it really, really prepared me for my my Spartan lifestyle. <laughs> Spartan lifestyle. Well, this is probably a good opportunity to uh, bring up the big Q. Yeah, absolutely. The whole reason why you're here. Uh, my big curiosity, your big uh, feelings, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, thought I should provide you the opportunity, the platform to talk about this. Absolutely, and, this is uh, an issue near and dear to my heart. Maybe it'll change some lives. Maybe it'll change your own, but we'll see. And we're just going to put it out there together. Um. So, Isaac. Uh, 
Why is it that you won't shut up about wanting to kiss an alien? Oh, well, I mean, don't you, don't you wonder what it's like? Doesn't that keep you awake at night? Because, I mean, the first, the first question we always have is, are we alone in the universe? And then the second question should naturally be, well, if we're not alone, how not alone can we be? Like, how together can we get with whatever else is out there? Can we kiss it? Can we, like, can we cuddle? What can we do together? That's, that's what we want to know. I'm not talking, and, like, I know when you say alien life, people think you mean, like, could it be a single-celled organism that exists in the permafrost of Uranus? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, like, a humanoid alien that has, like, maybe a mouth kind of thing that you could kiss. Okay, so humanoid. So humanoid. Like, doesn't, doesn't have to be a one-to-one. doesn't have to look exactly like you or me. I'm fine with kissing like a little, a little gray man or whatever. It's just a, a, a weird thing with tentacles. As long as it has like something that looks kind of like a head that you can tell is the top of it. Oh, okay. Okay. And so how... I mean... Obviously, it's tough because it's still an abstract thing because us humans aren't legally allowed to know whether or not there are aliens. Right. But I guess do you have like a plan. Like, what if their mouth is so much larger than yours? What if there isn't a mouth? What if their mouth's just like an idea? I mean, these are all very good questions. Uh, so I think, you know, with a hypothetical alien... You have to, you, you first go, is there a mouth? That's like, it's like a checklist you would run down. Is there a mouth? <laughs> if yes, is the mouth roughly the same size as my mouth? Okay. Now, there's a contingency there. So if, if yes, great. You have a mouth kiss. Maybe there's a little tongue. Maybe not, depending on how sharp the teeth or whatever are. <laughs> if there's no mouth or if the mouth is too big, then you start thinking, what's the most kissable? What's the most kissable part of that alien? You know, is it is it the cheek? Do they have a cheek kind of deal going on? Do they have just some sort of surface near what would maybe be considered a head that you could smooch? You have to consider all these things because we may not be alone out there. And if we're not alone, we're going to start having to think about kissing and ultimately something beyond kissing with aliens. People are going to want to fuck the aliens. You know, this is true. I am, I'm the family friendly version of that. Okay. I'm not talking about fucking aliens yet. I just want to know if we can kiss. Okay. So then, um, okay. Let me gather here real quick. <laughs> recenter. Uh, so beyond logistics, which we might revisit because, you know, there's a lot of, questions there but um where where does this passion come from and why must you bring it up constantly to everyone you talk to well i look i've loved sci-fi since i was a kid i remember i read uh the stars my destination by alfred bester classic in the sci-fi genre loved loved bradbury when i was growing up too and you know all these guys they have bradbury especially like cause he, he'd always do short stories they all have at least one short story that is just, I kiss an alien. It's kind of, it's kind of like the, I don't want to say it's a, a trope in the genre, but people, they think about it. It's something you think about. And then as a kid, you know, you're 
you have your imagination, your mind, you, you go to these places with the author and eventually you start thinking, well, why can't I be the guy to kiss the alien? It hasn't happened yet. We haven't found the aliens. And so when that day comes, somebody's going to have to be the first guy to kiss an alien. I hope it's me. I hope I get to be the person lucky enough to do it. But if I'm not, well, you better be prepared. What if it's you, Tom? Have you put a lot of thought into kissing an alien yet? You might have to do it. Holy shit. Wait, no. Uh, hmm. Uh, aliens come whoa. down to Earth, ray gun to their your head. They go, kiss us, or we're going to vaporize the planet. You're going to have to kiss him, and you're going to have to know the best way to kiss him based on the design of the alien. How, how, so do you have any insight into the best way to kiss an alien? Well, again, it depends on what, you know, corporeal form they have, right? Like some aliens, they're going to be humanoid. Like there's the classic conception of like the little gray man where it's like the big eyes and they got the little mouth. That right. would be just a standard kiss. Maybe you have to hunch over a little bit. You're a tall guy, but you still, you have a mouth you can kiss. You kiss him normally. Then you have like aliens that are like, uh, I don't know, tentacle guys floating sure. brains in jars is another classic one. Where do you kiss the floating brain on the jar? I've thought about this for a long time. You kiss, you kiss uh, directly opposite where the uh, cerebrum would be on the brain on in front of the front side of the jar. So literally right in front of the frontal lobe of the brain, that's where you would kiss. That'd be the polite place to kiss that alien. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, do you, so do you, <clears throat> I, are are you working on any sort of literature, or is there are there any resources, uh, uh, flowcharts, anything that like Tom? There are so many resources. It's the internet is a limitless place. I mean, you could you could spend days, and I have spent days reading about kissing an alien online, and <laughs> speculative. The Reddit for this already has like almost a million members. People want to kiss an alien, and they want to know how to do it. They want to know the best way to do it, and. You know, it's not a knock on our science fiction literature and movies to say that generally conceptions of aliens have been unimaginative in popular science fiction because they mm -hmm. almost always look like humans. Some of that is, for example, with like Star Trek, that's limited by the prosthetics available to us, right? Like sure. generally you're going to have human actors playing aliens and therefore they're all going to look kind of like humans, even if they have weird wrinkles on their forehead or whatever. So I don't even <laughs> think it's that useful to think about kissing those aliens because we know how to kiss those aliens. They still have mouths. You're still going to kiss them on the mouth. It's much right. more important to think about like speculative aliens that we haven't even conceived of yet. Like the, the philosopher uh, David Hume asked us to consider a shade of blue that has not been created yet, that we cannot, that, that he asked us to if, if it's possible to conceive of a shade of blue that doesn't exist yet. And so I'm asking you to do the same thing, but with aliens that we have not thought of yet. And then thinking about kissing those aliens fascinating and so um so then what what really is it within you that really brings this up like we learned about your childhood mm -hmm. we learned about the potential like importance to society or to earth but like, what is it to you? I'm a thrill seeker. I'm a risk taker. I mean, ask anyone who knows me. They know that I love seeking thrills, taking risks, conquering the unknown. Right before the pandemic happened, I was planning to climb Mount McKinley. Uh, that was 
it fell through obviously because of the pandemic, the flight got canceled. I was very excited to do that, but I'm always looking for the next challenge. I'm an avid base jumper, you know, and what is the biggest risk? Kissing an alien. That is, that is the, the Mount Everest, so to speak of taking risks of challenges other than Mount Everest itself, which I've already climbed. So it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Um, are you, are you taking any, uh, uh, precautions, inventing vaccines to stay safe from exposure to these aliens? Um, I mean, doing that would be speculative again, because we don't, we don't know what these aliens are going to be. They may be toxic to the touch to us. We may not, if we kiss them, we may die. And that's you still kiss it. Yeah, of course. You have to <laughs> look. I, when you have to, you have to. When <laughs> when someone made when when Jonas Salk made the polio vaccine and he tested it on uh, himself, I assume somebody might have said, "Hey, Jonas, you may die." And he goes, "I know, but we have to do this." And then okay. it turned out to be a vaccine for polio that worked out great. But he could have just as well died. And you have to take that risk. You have to kiss that alien, you know, just to just to find out for the good of humanity. Wow. So you're you're kind of like um, like a sort of the minority report version of a hero. You could say that. Yes, I would call myself a hero. Uh, an eventual I mean, hero. An eventual hero. A potential hero. Certainly. Potential hero. Yeah, I'm ready to step up and kiss an alien if if my country, if my world depends on it. I I do it certainly. I do it even if my world didn't depend on it. Even if the alien was just kind of hot, for sure, I would I'd go for it. Okay. Does your girlfriend know about that part? Yeah, I mean, look, it's the first thing I bring up when I get into a relationship. I go, you have to understand that, you know, a lot of people they have like celebrities they're allowed to cheat with. Me, it's aliens. And I let them know up front that that is on the table. Wow. And you know, her cheat is the rapper logic and mine is any alien. (laughs) (laughs) She has a type. Um, So then are you, uh, are you doing anything uh, campaigning, setting up like what are you doing anything to be first on the list? To be able to do this. Well, I mean, there is my website, let Isaac kiss that exists. And, you know, I update that pretty regularly. Uh, <laughs> and then obviously I am a moderator on the kissing an alien Reddit. Uh, so I am sort of like a prominent figure in the community at this point. Uh, so I, you know, I think my name's out there. Certainly, you know, if the FBI finds an alien and they want someone to kiss it, they, I think they would know who to call at this point. Wow. Amazing. Um, have you tried shooting anything into space to like speed things up? Be like, hey, I'm here. I will kiss you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Unfortunately, I'm not very good with rockets. You know, I've, I've tried to learn how to shoot things into space, but I'm not going to. And here I was mocking Elon Musk earlier. Guy's way ahead of me. <laughs> unfortunately, if, if it came to kissing an alien, I think they'd let him do it first. I think he wants to. So it is kind of a bummer. But uh, you know, I'm going to catch him eventually. And then if I can get my message out there into space as well, because, you know, we sent in the seventies, we sent that, uh, that capsule up with, it had like the golden record of popular songs totally, and totally. also 
drawings of nude men and women. I've done the same thing, except I recorded all the songs myself, and it's just a drawing of a nude me, just to like get the aliens in the mood. <laughs> and photos of the nude me, too. I mean, if you reached out to him on Twitter, he might help you out. Um, I think not. We're, we're better rivals. car in space. Cars don't belong there, mm. you know? It's true. Um, now, if what... There are theories going around the internet that Elon himself is an alien. And I don't if believe this that is true, would you kiss him? I, I mean, Elon Musk, look, the guy is not an alien, okay? That's absurd. And if he was, of course I would kiss him, but he's not. What makes him not an alien? It's a, it's a misconception born from some dis, dishonest science fiction that aliens can take on a completely human form. They're not going to be able to do that. They, sure, aliens might have powers beyond our comprehension, but they're not going to come here and take the form of a, a man who invents technology to become a billionaire because aliens aren't interested in our system of value of money. They don't care about that. And Elon Musk is a man who is obsessed with our system of value. So therefore, I don't think Elon Musk is an alien. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. Okay. There could be aliens among us. I just don't think they're Elon Musk. And so if they're like, among us, I will kiss them. I want I want anyone listening to this who is an alien to know I will find you and I will kiss you. Wow. Powerful stuff. And I really do hope that all the aliens listening to my podcast will reach out to Isaac or me and I'll connect you. Yeah. Um, they know where to find me. I, I'm, again, I'm very visible in this space. So... If they want to make their presence known, I'll be discreet. I won't tell anybody. I'll keep the website up. People will think I haven't kissed an alien yet, but you and I will know that we've kissed. Oh, totally. And having said that, I've been I've been burned before. So you have to provide some kind of proof that you're an alien before we kiss. Because I've kissed so many random men who have told me they're aliens, and it turns out they're just sixty year old men. I I I can't allow that to happen again. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll uh, we'll have to put a counter on your website for all the real true aliens you've kissed and uh, update that when something happens. Yeah, no, I, there's a, there's, there is a page that is just, uh, there's let Isaac kiss an alien.com and there's has Isaac kiss an alien yet.com, which just says no right now, but I hope it will say yes one day. <laughs> I love it. Uh, please check those out. And are there any, uh, what would, what would be the last thing you'd say to somebody who is kind of on the fence about kissing an alien and you want to convince them to do it? You, you can't fear the unknown. You can't live your life in fear. Life, you get one life. It's a, it's a boundless opportunity. And if something totally brand new that no one else has done presented as itself as an opportunity to you, why say no? Why not open your mind to the possibilities of kissing an alien and seeing what would happen? Maybe you'll just be a, you know, a fun story to tell your kids. Maybe, uh, you know, you'll be eviscerated immediately, but you won't know until you do it. Love it. That's great. And so while we're sort of on, uh, this, uh, advice kick and while I have you here, uh, I figured, uh, I should ask you this. Um, this this one is just in case 
someone happens to be listening to this and needs to hear it, um, just to create this little resource, make it available to whoever might need it. Um, but, uh, what what sort of advice do you would you have for someone who just time traveled and only kind of fucked something up just a tiny little bit? How tiny are we talking? Like they different president, you know, just an invention doesn't exist anymore. We don't have toasters. What is it? Um, if they were to say like there, it would be like, did you fuck something up? And they'd be like. Kind of fucked something up a little tiny bit, like kind of downplaying it down, you know. I mean, I would say, you know, the beauty of that is that you are the only time traveler. So no one knows in that reality that you fucked something up except for you. Everyone else just unquestioningly accepts that that's the way things are. So let's say in, you know, a hypothetical scenario, oops, you accidentally made Donald Trump win a second term. People are not going to be happy about that, but they're not going to know you did it. Great point. Great point. Well, I would say just keep that shit on the DL. That is that is my solid advice to that person. If you screwed something up as a time traveler, nobody's got to know but you, and you can live with that guilt for the rest of your life. But for God's sake, don't tell anybody else. All right. Should they? So they shouldn't even just try to fix it or correct it? I mean, look, if they're dumb enough to fuck something up that big, they should not go back and fuck further things up. Haven't they watched any speculative time travel fiction? Trying to fix things just makes things worse every time. Yeah, no, all they saw was uh, Endgame and they just trashed every other sci-fi time travel thing. Endgame? Adventures? The Avengers one? Yeah. Is there time travel in that? Yeah. I haven't seen any movie. <laughs> <laughs> you, have to, you have to refer to the one movie I've seen, Groundhog Day, which I've seen a lot. That is the only movie I've ever seen. So, wow. Well, you know, wise words from a wise man. You know, he's seen one movie that's not quite time travel related, but it's close. It's adjacent. I was um, I was mad when I watched Groundhog Day. I like it's a good movie. Don't get me wrong, but I was mad that you know Bill Murray had infinite time and he didn't even bother trying to kiss an alien once. Instead, he's trying to kiss Andy McDowell. Come on, kiss an alien, Bill. You would think by then he would create a spaceship and just like go out there and yeah, figure it out. Figure it out. He has you. Have, you have infinite time. Might as well. Yeah, that's what I would do. Then I would kiss Andy McDowell, but only after I'd kiss the alien. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you for coming on and uh, bringing us into your wild, wild world. Thanks for having me. I, it's been a pl- I'm always happy to have a platform to speak about this. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. In the episode description, you can find links to follow me, today's guest, and force opinions on social. For updates, clips, and graphics based on the episodes, follow Forced Opinions Podcast on Instagram. And while you're there, please feel free to DM ideas for me to use in future episodes. I'm excited to see what you all submit.